If Reality Check Radio enriches your day in life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and the dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Well, it's not wonderful to hear from David Seymour about Waitangi Day at Waitangi and how he didn't feel particularly bothered or under threat, although he did was offered protection and took it. I was so pleased to hear that. I can't tell you how pleased I was to hear that. Because I was going to originally do a rant on how dreadful this is, all this buttock bearing and calling people names. And I thought better of it because I remembered back to my days at Waitangi. And I, oh, I can't say I particularly enjoyed it, but it never bothered or troubled me. I didn't particularly enjoy it because I'm not emotionally attached to the treaty or to its celebration or to the concept that it's a foundational document and of such significance that it needs to be revered because I don't think New Zealand would be different much if we had it or didn't have it. Wasn't needed or necessary. Funny enough, when I read One Sun in the Sky, I love the story of the treaty. But of course, even that story has been besmirched and belittled and made something off. And the day itself has become not a celebration of nationhood but something quite different. But I can recall going up to Waitangi like a pilgrimage to Mecca and it was obligated that you go as party leader. And it was always, oh, be careful. I was never in the position that poor David Seymour was. I was never attacked at that level, but I was always under fire and under criticism for being, quote, anti-Maori, simply because I wanted everyone to be treated the same. And you'd turn up to Waitangi and, you know, there'd be a couple of days and there'd always be a bit of brouhaha, but it'd be short and not reflective of the day or two days, but it'd be what would run the news and it'd be all inflammatory on the news. But... Most of all, it was convivial. I also didn't enjoy it. There's a lot of talking, pointless talking and sort of performance, which I find not conducive. I don't, it doesn't interest me, this, you know, people saying things for the performance of saying it. Not my bag. But never, ever, ever felt under threat or scared. And I think that is something deep that runs through New Zealand, which we should appreciate. 
and not be driven by headlines and I guess what is clickbait. And what I almost did was doing a rant because that's divisive. And we should recall Ewan McQueen's interview where he watched the dawn service on TV and a young woman got up to speak and she explained how she had been lost in an alcoholic and how Jesus had saved her and what it meant for her and how he could observe when the camera went across the audience that everyone in the audience was moved. Tamaiti was moved. Who wouldn't be moved? And we meet to constantly remind ourselves of what binds us together, our intertwined history and family relationships, not what pulls us apart. And it's very easy to concentrate on our differences, but they're small relatively to what we agree on, what we want for our children, and we can enjoy those differences and have those debates and get to the other side a better place. But if we focus on the difference, we will become divided. And I have this horrible feeling that the media, and I'm always critical of the media, because they're partisan. And their partisanship is dividing us. It's not painting a proper debate and discussion, but them against them, us against them. It's like that Eurasia, and what was it, Eurasia? I've forgotten the other one, always at war. They've got to have it somehow, and they're part of it. But David Seymour Besson, considered to be this rewriting the treaty, all this nonsense that's been written. He went up to Waitangi, he gave a speech, got yelled at, didn't bother him, came home. And you win a lot of kudos when you front up in New Zealand or anywhere, and especially in them, and he will front. And we've got to keep reminding ourselves that he can front anywhere, and people will listen. Oh, he might get booed, he might get heckled, he might get shouted down. But he can do it. We've got to preserve that. Because this division that's being manufactured by activists and amplified by the New Zealand media, the legacy media, can quickly become physical violence and intimidation. It's wonderful to think we're not there yet, but we have to preserve what we've got. And that means respect for each other and for everyone and for their views. Oh, we can have heated debates and heated discussions. Oh, deep, deep. Oh, blood feuds. but be reminded 
of what binds us and keeps us together. A common humanity. And yes, our shared values and traditions. And yes, our Christian heritage. Even if you're not Christian, you share that heritage, which is of enormous value to us all. And it brings us together. The Tamaitis and the Christopher Luxons and the David Seymours. We're brought together by our shared history and our shared beliefs and our shared institutions. There's much more that binds us together than pulls us apart. We need to constantly remind ourselves of that and not be, not become tools or weapons of the activists who want to create discord and disharmony. And yes, Rally Check Radio is a big part of that because our legacy media have departed from the model. And I look forward to having all debates, all discussions on the show. Not because I agree with them, but because we have a shared value set, a shared understanding, and we want to learn from each other, and we're not scared of ideas or arguments. But here's a funny thing. I do, and I think we should, have a limit to our tolerance. And I don't think we should tolerate the intolerant. So those who won't grant free speech to us, how do we treat them? It's an interesting conundrum. Because you have a sense that they've departed the norms, if you like, of civilised society, of debate, of reason, of discussion. And that's what I'm struggling with right now. What do you do with someone who wants to shut you down, stop you from talking, and not even engage with you? Because they've sort of left the open society. And we see a lot of it. Mm. There's a lot of them around in academia, our schools. Nice people. But that's their position. How are we going to handle them? How do we reason with the unreasonable? I'm thinking about that for my show. And in the feedback. And I'd love your views on how do we handle the unreasonable and the intolerant. I've got a debate coming up with Jonathan Ayling from the Free Speech Union. We're just going to be setting the debate, the time for our discussion. It's going to be a debate because he wants to defend gang patches. And I said in a text I wouldn't vote against, I wouldn't vote to ban gang patches. But I'd go a lot further 
and gang patches would be just a part of it. Because while I'm a free speech absolutist, I think if you intimidate people by your mere presence and dress and the way you behave, I don't have to tolerate it. We don't have to tolerate it as a society. Because by their intimidation and their menace, they're denying us our rights to debate and discuss. It's going to be an interesting one. I myself feel the conundrum. I love your views. Text me, 2057, email inbox at rallycheck.radio. You're on Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Rally Check Radio, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. Do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to? Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you, so connect with us today.